The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? And welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. Uh, everybody calls me Whitney Seibold. And it's not too late. We still have a day or two left in Scarytober. <laughs> you seemed less enthused this time. You never get excited. When I say scary tober, all cool and fun like. Uh, well, maybe I don't, but perhaps our listeners do. Oh, well, and, let uh, me take that again. Uh-huh. Uh, there's still a couple of days left in scary tober. And, uh, and I'm sure the listeners can hear my eyes rolling. Sure. Because those muscles are strong now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's October here at Cancel Too Soon. And as, once again, we promised. Uh, that we would do Briscoe County for our 200th episode, but we had to do horror episodes first. So, so it's this not is two, it's not 200 yet. This is episode 199 and four mm. fifths. Sorry to those of you who have a filing system, uh, but uh, yeah, we've got two more shows we want to do. One might premiere after the 31st. We're going to try to do them one a day if we can. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about a series that I loved, like shortly after it came out. I missed mm. it in its initial run. Got out on home video. Loved it. Yeah, And the question was, did it hold up? Because this was an ambitious series. This was a series that got a lot of promotion. It's a series that didn't do that great and ended up getting resoundingly canceled. Resoundingly? Is, yeah. Yeah, like it, it was... It was like it, it ran its whole first season. And, and the first season, fortunately, is a pretty complete story. So right. it feels like... It feels like a whole entity, mm. which is rare in our business. Usually it canceled too soon. We end up with stuff that has like a mm. shitty cliffhanger. We'll never know how it resolves. Mm. Here it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that kind of works as a done one, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but uh, it is a slasher movie that is basically gene spliced with a CW soap opera. And a yeah, little bit yeah. and, a, and a little bit of Agatha Christie in there. But uh, it's, it's a, a, a show called Harper's... Island. You're invited to the marriage of Henry and Trish on Harper's Island. You guys are so cute. Here's to all of us. But just because you made the guest list, Henry! I'm the doesn't mean you'll make it to the wedding. That's Harper's Island. Harper's um, Island. Harper's Island is um, set up like a slasher with a huge cast mm-hmm. because it's essentially a 13-hour slasher movie. Yeah, if, the, if a slasher, most slashers tend to hover around the 90 minutes range, but mm. if you needed to make it 13 hours, you'd need a lot more people to kill. Yeah, and so the body count on this thing is huge. Hu- uh, really huge. And uh, we're going to be talking open spoilers here. Most of the cast dies. Yeah, the vast majority yeah. of the cast ends up getting brutally murdered over the course of this thing. And the way I had it remembered in my head, because mm. again, I saw this like the year after it came out. The way I had it remembered in my head was there was like one kill a week. It's more like two or three. There's two or three kills a week. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really like there's if there's one kill, it's usually like one big notable kill. Like yeah. uh, there's there's a, a completely implausible murder using a trick chandelier oh, yeah. about halfway through the series. And I think that might be the only murder that episode. But might it's, have been. But it's, pre- like it's so a, epic it's that a, it kind of works. It's really yeah. visible. It's the one that sort of alerts everybody as to what's going on. Up until yeah. then, people have been sort of wandering off and disappearing from the cast. Yeah. And I do, I must say, I think they did a really good job at taking a slasher uh, uh, framework. And slasher movies have a pretty specific mm. storytelling outline. Uh, it's typically, uh, maybe there's a kill at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then you're introduced to a bunch of characters, and then they go off and do a thing. Go to a cabin yeah. in the woods. Go to make a movie in an abandoned 
insane asylum or yeah, whatever. Yeah. They, they go to do something. And then for the first two, th- and then basically from 15 minutes until like the last act, someone is killing people in the movie and most of the other characters don't know. Mm. And then once the other characters do know, then it's like cue that the last act begins. Yeah. And everyone starts running around actually trying to save themselves, trying to fight the serial killer or the undead you know, hockey guy or whatever it is. And <laughs> then there's a big conclusion and then we all wrap up. That could have been really tricky to do mm. in a television series because you really, again, this is a 13 episode series. Yeah. Short for as a regular like network season, especially at the time, but mm. still a, a decent chunk of change. If you had waited until episode nine for all the mm. characters to know that there's a serial killer, it would have been death. Mm. It would again. It would have been boring after a while, and just at the moment where you think to yourself, "Man, they should really pick up the pace." Oh my God, does the pace pick up <laughs> and never let go for like the last eight episodes of the series? Mm. Wow. Uh, it, it's my only complaint about the series uh, actually, because I love that structure. Yeah, I love this idea of the the setup is uh, everybody's returning to this little tiny island off the coast of Washington State mm-hmm. for a wedding, and it's uh, ordinarily this little nothing town. Hardly anybody lives there. It's a little mm-hmm. fishing village, but uh, evidently a lot of people grew up there, and some people left. They met their paramours, and now they're returning mm-hmm. for a big wedding. So there's a, a reason to have a bunch of strangers who are not from that town mm-hmm. all in one place where a killer can murder them all. And indeed, uh, efficient like, setup. Not yeah, not the most creative, but a very efficient setup. It, it, it gets the job done real real quick you don't spend a lot of time establishing it but Mm -hmm. here's the thing seven years ago on this island a serial killer named john wakefield went on a murder spree killed a Mm -hmm. lot of people traumatized a lot of young kids and now those Mm -hmm. kids are grown up and they are coming to the island to get married be the best man at a wedding that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so there's a lot of trauma there's a lot Mm -hmm. of backstory and there's a lot of oh i wonder how that's going to pay off Later, because you don't say a serial killer was once on this island seven years ago in a slasher series and then not get back to that. Mm. Um, in fact, that's actually one of the things that really works about this series because there's like a cast of like like two dozen to start with. Mm. Uh, because it has a big cast, it has a lot of setups. There's a lot of subplots that are introduced and sometimes they resolve and sometimes they resolve when the people die and it doesn't really matter if they were trying to start a brewery or not. Like, <laughs> oh, God. doesn't fucking matter anymore, yeah. does it? That guy's that guy's murdered and thrown into an incinerator. Like, oh, okay, I guess we'll never get around to that brewery thing. But, uh, yeah, so... It's full of incident and it's full of story. So even in the early episodes when people aren't literally running for their lives constantly from a homicidal maniac, there's enough to get invested in. It's never really dull Mm. and it only picks up in steam as the series progresses. Yeah. Uh this is the sort of show that I think needs to be binged. Yes. We've talked about how, you know, we're watching shows like the Ghostbusters and we're watching, you know, eight episodes in a row and, and it's driving us totally insane because they realized this isn't the kind of material you're supposed to be watching over and over again. No, you're supposed to catch it once in a while on television right. and that's it. Uh, be- and it's not just because everything's really involved or you need to sort of get to know the, the complexity. It's if it loses steam, then you might lose a little bit of the thread. Yeah. So like, or if you miss an episode, God help you. So when yeah. this was airing on a weekly basis in 2009, it aired uh, in 2009 uh, from April 19th through July 11th. Mm-hmm. If it, it was airing on a weekly basis, and if you just missed an episode or mm-hmm. you saw one episode that didn't really strike your fancy, you didn't bother watching anymore, mm-hmm. not great. If this whole series premiered for the very first time now, on Amazon Prime, Hulu, mm. Netflix, HBO Max, whatever, people would watch several episodes at a time, if not the entire thing in a day, which I did once. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was a good day. I was unemployed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but regardless, like you could you could really steam through this, and it plays like one long, well crafted, mm. smartly paced movie in which the plot also kind of makes sense, and yeah. the characters are pretty good. Um, the, the characters are, well, in the spirit of slashers, the characters are sort of stock characters. A lot of them are, yes. Yeah. And the, but here's the thing. A lot of them are stock characters who die very, very quickly, so they never get to evolve past that. But over the course of the series, there's a lot of stock characters who somewhat surprisingly make it 
to or close to the end. <laughs> and you're just sort of like, oh, that guy yeah. actually, that that douchebag who was trying to like steal that one guy's girlfriend actually turned out to be a kind of an interesting character overall. Well, like he he proved like when when like everything started coming down that uh, that douchebag character was the first guy with a shotgun. It's like, yeah, no, we gotta kill everybody because we don't know who the killer is. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're the douchebag. We get it. I hate seeing that character because I hate that we that we need to re- put drama around this character when we'd rather just dispense with him and deal with the crisis, right? Rather than have this guy come in and create a new crisis. But then once things start to sort of tighten around some of the characters, he actually becomes kind of sympathetic and really protective. Yeah. And really kind of a nicer guy, even though he was a douchebag up until this point. And you realize that all of the insecurities that made him a douchebag Mm -hmm. kind of wash away when, like, it doesn't really matter if you're dating someone hot or not. All Mm -hmm. that really matters is that we save people's lives. Yeah, yeah. You feel like like he would, like, go to war in World War II and come back and just have been, be a completely different person and totally mature. Yeah, yeah, you know it's that kind of a that kind of a character, that kind of a situation, and it's it's strong, smart writing overall. Uh, this series mm. was created by Ari Schlossberg. Uh-huh. Ari Schlossberg does not have a large mm. uh, a series of credits. Uh, it was originally uh, they pitched the idea, and the network actually had to come up with not a pilot but a fifteen minute pitch reel. Which, oh, okay. inc- which consisted of pretty much everything up until the first kill, mm. uh, which is actually really fast. It's in, like, the, the end of, like, the first commercial break. Um, and uh, and then, like, a they shot some random moments, like, throughout the series to create, mm. like, a trailer for coming up next on Harper's Island. Yeah. Variety of kills, etc. Um, s- quite a few members of the cast had to be shifted out. Most notably, uh, there's a character named, is it Uncle, Uncle Marty? Uncle Marty, yeah, who is... Who dies really like right away? Uh, yeah, he uh, Uncle Marty is played by um, not Eric Roberts, no, uh, <laughs> the other Eric Roberts, the other <laughs> the other Eric Roberts. Yeah. He's an Eric Roberts type. Hold on, hold on, Uncle All right. <laughs> Harry Hamlin. I always forget Harry Hamlin. Harry right, Hamlin. Yeah. You might remember him from Clash of the Titans, or mm-hmm. uh, he was on like a couple of seasons of Veronica Mars. Um, Actually, maybe just one. But anyway, he was on Veronica Mars. Yeah. Uh, he was like kind of like the big get for a second just because he was like a recognizable actor. He'd been in a lot of stuff for a long time. Mm. In the pitch reel, that was Bill Pullman. Really? Yeah. Which is arguably a more recognizable actor than Harry Hamlin. And I Harry, would imagine. Harry Hamlin's been working a lot longer, I, I think, than Bill, per- Bill Pullman. But yeah. But Bill Pullman's like been he in like more. Star, been yeah. in more movies. There. He was in Independence Day. He was in Sleepless right. in Seattle. Um, so I, sometimes what happens when they recast after a pitch reel, sometimes they decide a character didn't have, an actor didn't have the vibe they were looking for, but more often than not, it's usually like a scheduling thing. Like we shot this thing, he was available then, but by Mm -hmm. the time we were shooting everything else, we couldn't get him. Mm. So what can you do? Um, but uh, among the other uh, cast members, and we're not going to go through the whole cast here because it's a giant cast. So but I want to hit some of the big bullet the, points. The key characters, the lead character, um, mm. uh, the final girl. Basically. <laughs> you know she's going to be the final girl. Yeah. Is Abby. Uh, she is the groom's best friend. Mm-hmm. She is uh, really uh, reluctant to return to Harper's Island because when, uh, like, a, about a, was it 15 years ago or 10 years ago? Seven. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years ago, her mother was murdered by a serial killer who lived on Harper's Island. And that's kind of all Harper's Island is really known for at this point is this uh, rash of killings from the past. And shortly afterwards, she had a big falling out with her dad. Her dad is the sheriff of the town. Her dad's played by Jim Beaver, who would go on to be one of the stars of Supernatural. Very good actor. Um, I've seen him in a lot. I like Jim Beaver. Great great character actor. Um, uh, Abby is played by Elaine Cassidy, who's done... A lot. Uh, she was in that Killian Murphy film, Disco Pigs. Um, <laughs> she was see, uh, didn't see that. Uh, she was. If you saw the Adam McGowan film, Felicia's Journey, oh, she was Felicia. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's been in a lot. Mm. Um, I'm a fan. I think she's a really talented actor. Mm. Uh, the newlyweds, or the soon-to-be newlyweds, mm. uh, Henry and Trish. All right, Henry is played by Christopher Gorham. Uh, who has done a lot of TV. He was in Once Upon a Time. Uh, eventually, we'll get to some of the other shows he's been on, like Odyssey 5. Mm. Um, and uh, his fiance Trish, is played by Katie Cassidy, who is probably best known 
now for being on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, but oh, okay. she also had a big breakout role in Supernatural. Mm. Uh, she was in that first remake of Black Christmas. Uh, she was in the 2010 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, but no one blames her for that. Uh, <laughs> she's she's a very very good actor. Well, somebody's got to be blamed. Somebody's yeah. got to be blamed for that. <laughs> I'm also a fan of Katie uh. Cassidy. I think she's really talented. Uh, her uh, father is played by Richard Berge. Uh, who is one of those awesome, like, stoic TV actors. He was uh, one of the husbands, I think, on Desperate Housewives. He was the Sentinel in The Sentinel. Well, tall, square-jawed, handsome man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He plays her, like, millionaire father who doesn't like that this... Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, they were the rich family on the island. Yeah. And Henry, uh, the new husband-to-be, he was, like, the guy who cleaned their boats, (laughs) <laughs> so there's this whole class thing where he's just like she's he's not good enough for yeah. my daughter, all that kind of crap. Um, let's see, their whole family is a mess, but uh, basically, uh, he has a new trophy wife who we find out pretty quickly is cheating on him with his son-in-law, mm-hmm. who uh, is of course married to his daughter and their uh, their daughter, Richard Berge's granddaughter, mm. and uh, Trisha's niece. Is super creepy. It's a creepy kid. She's, She's like burning uh, snails with magnifying glasses, and she, like she runs into some of uh, some sketchy characters and falls in with them. And yeah. uh, the uh, shiftless brother—it's the brother of Henry's brother, JD. Henry's brother, brother of the groom. He's, yeah. yeah, he's sort of like the uh, JD. He's a JD. He's yeah, uh, the Lundgren, exactly. It's yeah, not subtle. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's got sort of, tattoos. He's, he's, he's the, done he's drugs. He's the bad boy. He's the one who stayed on the island yeah. as a fisherman and has yeah like some dark things in his past. So of mm-hmm. course, when things start to throw down, everybody immediately turns to him, which means he's definitely a red herring. Yeah, there's 100%. no way he's one. Of, he's the killer. Um, Have you guessed who the killer is yet? Just through the character I, description. I, 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 am, I am curious, by the way, yeah. because it's it, it's fun. Did you guess? Um. Because there's a couple of reversals. There's a couple of reversals, and we're gonna we'll save the twists for later. There's one reveal that I did guess. Okay, but uh, the actual like final reveal. No, the first reveal was one I didn't see coming. Oh, interesting. Okay, neat. The the final reveal I did, which was weird. But well, listen, as I said, uh, we again we talk about spoilers and we go through the whole series on Mm -hmm. this thing. Uh, But if you're interested in this show and want to hear a little bit more, we're not going to reveal like the identity of the killer Mm -hmm. until a, a while from now. So if you want to like pause this and like you mm. hear something that sounds really cool, you want to go watch it. It's currently available on Amazon. Mm. Uh, you can get the DVD really, really cheap. Uh, so definitely, I uh, spoiler that I love this show. So yeah, we'll talk a bit mm. more about it with fewer spoilers, and then we won't talk about the identity of the killer of Harper's Island until a little later, and we'll warn you when we do. Mm. Um, so uh, the the groom has uh, his own groomsman. Mm-hmm. If you will, and they're all slasher movie dicks. They're they're yeah, bro dog kind of. Yeah. No, this is network TV, so there's no cussing. Mm-hmm. There's some sex, but it's not explicit. No, and all the sex tends to be from people who are coupled up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not uh, like any illicit sex. It's mostly yeah, like, like the, cu- the couple to be are like, ooh, we're gonna get in the the tub together. Yeah. There's uh, another character, my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, one of the groomsmen who's just sort of brought in because he's dating uh, one of the bride's friends. Yeah, the one of the bride's yeah. friends is named Chloe. Chloe. She is played by. I love her by the way, and she mm-hmm. doesn't. She isn't in enough stuff. Uh, Chloe's played by Cameron Richardson, and her boyfriend Cal is played by Adam Campbell, who is probably best known to most people for starring in Date Movie. Oh God! Remember that yeah. Date Movie? And that's actually one of those ones where, like, the, one of those like parody films of the two thousands where they just took cheap shots at different genres. Mm. That's one of the better ones. Which is not to say it's good. No, but, but like uh, it's better it than you'd think. More the jokes did, land than you think. A little bit more lifting than than some of the others. And I'm going to give him uh, some credit mm-hmm. here because Adam Campbell, a big part of the reason why I'm saying that he's a hmm. very funny actor. Uh, they're they're the, these two characters are the best part of the show because they're the comic relief characters. Yeah, there's a sort of a. a Sort of like a pathetic, whiny comic relief character, but yeah. he's not funny. He's, he's he seems to be modeled after Shelley from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in look and in character. Yeah, a character Shelley. I just don't understand the appeal of, frankly. I don't know anybody who likes Shelley. I know a lot of people who do right? actually, okay. and I've heard a lot of people say that if you're familiar with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, it's a 3D one. Um, it's it's actually one of the more formulaic entries in that series. A bunch mm-hmm. of kids go to a cabin in the woods. Jason just happens to be around and kills a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. There's a character named Shelley. Uh, who is, you know, 
just a, a large hairy guy who mm. is a very dweeby, nerdy, whatever, and um, he can't interact socially well with anybody because he's always like trying to interact with people by pulling pranks and just pissing everybody off. I feel like what they're trying to do with that character is connect to the slasher movie fan base. Like, hey, kind of the idea, yeah. hey, you're socially awkward and unlikable and conventionally uh. unattractive and ruin the lives of everyone around you just by being there. Mm. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, movie. Yeah, That's yeah. not a very kind thing to say. Like, it's, it's, it's a weird... Like, you're supposed... I don't know if he was supposed to be sympathetic or not, because mm. he's such a caustic character. And there's a character like that in Harper's Island who's... Uh, he he's kind of at the end of his tether. He's like Gil from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So let's let's not forget about old Gil. Old wolves at Gil's door. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. So he's uh, financially in dire straits. He's trying to pr- pitch a brewery idea to is it the bride's father? Yeah, the bride, Richard yeah, Berge, yeah. The, the Richard Berge character. And uh, he, they, he, and the other groomsmen end up in this completely bizarre subplot involving a, <laughs> a suitcase of stolen money and a corpse on a boat. I kind of love that subplot because it feels like it comes from another show, but when mm. you find out why it's still in there, mm. it actually gets more twisted and weird, and it makes you feel like there's a movie out there called April Fool's Day. Yeah, uh, a slasher I, movie. Yeah. A slasher movie. I, I haven't seen the remake, but the mm. original has a lot of fans. I'm not the biggest fan, but. Mm. The interesting thing about April Fool's Day is that for a lot of the movie, it doesn't seem like there's a killer out to get everybody. It just seems like everybody's cursed to have bad shit happen to them today. Mm. And they're all going to die because, you know, Final Destination fate. And (laughs) the whole subplot about them finding a corpse who had been killed in a previous episode, who had a shit ton of money, which belonged to another corpse from a previous episode. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> and all, and now they have to decide what they're going to do with the money. Do they mm. scuttle Do they scuttle the boat and just take the money for themselves? But then what do we do with this blood-covered money? And everyone starts getting really paranoid. Mm. And, then like, ma- and then people die because of that, and it doesn't actually directly connect to the killer. Yeah, but that makes him feel cursed, and I kind of like that. Oh, I, like okay. that, I like that this weekend was doomed to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's uh, what what is that character's name? We haven't even said his name. Yet. Oh, I um, forgot. I, it was Joel or Joe or something? Oh, uh, let's see, Joel. Um, <laughs> totally forgot that character's I, name. I, I can't remember the character's name. You're gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Um, uh, the groom's um, uncle. He's Harry Hamlin, uh, and he's Uncle Marty. He's the fun guy. And uh, Joel, Joel was the Joel. character's name. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Joel was played by Sean Rogerson. Mm. Uh, Harry Hamlin plays uh, the fun Uncle Marty, who's going to go get drunk at the thing, and everyone's going to you know, be vaguely embarrassed that he's there. But all the dudes the, love him because uh, he's living the dream. And he's the second one to die. The yeah. first one to die is killed in like the least practical way possible. It's really weird. So we open up. We open up on the cruise ship that's going to take them, or the yacht, or whatever mm. that's going to take them from Seattle. Mm-hmm. To Harper's Island. Right. And this is a, it's just a big party and it's just an excuse to introduce a whole ton of characters all at once. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, a bit of on the nose dialogue, but mm-hmm. come on, we're introducing like 24 characters and we're going to kill them all off. We got to, we got to get this thing going. And just when all the characters get on the boat uh, and there's, oh, we should go. But hey, isn't like, I forget what it is. Cousin Oliver, isn't Cousin Oliver supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, you'd think he would have called by now. Okay, well, I'll try calling him one more time. And then they try calling him. And then a cell phone goes off underneath the boat and he's been tied to the, like the rotor. The, the propeller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not that he was chained to the boat and he drowned. No, he's he actually, actually has a scuba mask on. Yeah, it's like a thing. It's right out of Saw. And... <laughs> And uh, there's like, what's like right in, like there's a, a timer or something right in front of his head to like in front of his face uh-huh. so he can see when he's about to die. And it seems like this, to set that up would take way too much work. Yeah. It's, if, if all you're trying to do is kill the guy. True. But here's mm. the thing, though. That mm. kill is actually really important to the show. Not, mm. That character is nothing. That character doesn't mean anything. They're mm. hardly ever mentioned ever again. Everyone just assumes that they didn't make it and they don't really talk about them mm. much. Uh, but that kill is telling you what the show is going to be. Because if mm. the first kill was at the end of the episode, and it's a gruesome kill. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you this right now because we'll talk about the identity of the killers later, but we have to talk about some of the kills. Harry Hamlin dies. He like falls through a hole in like a wooden bridge and mm. he gets chopped in half by a guy underneath there and it is so <laughs> gross. And then they find him later and like different bits of him have been hung mm. up in a tree. And it's ugh. Well, the, the hanging up in a tree is the killer's MO. We haven't mentioned, uh, well, we mentioned that there was this spate of serial killers, yeah. but we haven't talked about the killer yet. Yeah. Uh, seven years ago, um, uh, John Wakefield. John Wakefield was the name of the killer, and uh, Abby's dad shot him and presumably killed him. Ooh. But maybe not. But maybe yes. Uh, and John Wakefield has been hanging over this, and his M.O. was, uh, when he committed the first killings, was to kill a bunch of people and string them up in a tree. Yeah. And the tree's still there, and it's like a big, like, sort of a black mark on the whole yeah. island. So uh, that's going to happen, leading a lot of people to assume that either John Wakefield is still alive or there, we have a copycat in our midst. Right. Now, so, John, so the details of John Wakefield's personal life become heavily embroiled in the, the investigation. There's also a bunch of townies who are important. Uh, mm-hmm. There is uh, Shane, the asshole townie, who gets mm-hmm. drunk and starts hurting people a lot. And that guy's going to be a problem later, whether or not he's the killer, because he's a <laughs> uh you've got uh jimmy uh played by cj thomason uh he's uh abby's ex-boyfriend and when she left the island she left him and mm. as soon as she comes back they're just sort of just like oh i still have all these feelings <laughs> oh what do i do with all of these feelings i should i make out with them right mm. away or wait till i get home like mm. i don't know like so he will be one of the love interests and maybe one of the suspects and killers. Ooh, who can say? Um, and a whole bunch of other people as well, most of whom die. Mm. Um, so the first few episodes, it's actually mostly about the wedding. Mm. And we get introduced to a lot of characters, and it turns out there's a ton of soap opera shit going on. I already mentioned that Richard Berge's wife is cheating on him with her, her new son-in-law. Uh, but uh, also... <laughs> we have to talk about the saga of Hunter Jennings. Which one was Hunter Jennings? Uh, okay, so early on in the first episode, like the dad is getting text messages. It's like mm. I'm coming for her, like that kind of thing. And you're like, oh god, is someone like going to oh, kill right. the bride? He's, he's he's the not, not to get ahead of ourselves. He's the body in the boat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, he's played by Victor Webster, uh, who was on Charmed. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in Days of Our Lives. He's got a career that's actually like for a guy who's only been acting for twenty years. He's got like a shit ton of credits. Yeah. Um, uh, he also ended up playing uh, the Scorpion King in two of the straight to video films. Is probably why you recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is tall and beefy and hunky, mm-hmm. and he looks like he was born to play Robert Zidar in a biopic. <laughs> Like it really doesn't he, take he does, much to get him to true. Robert Zidar. He, he has that uh, that kind of pronounced chin, very and, yeah, pronounced, s- not Robert Zidar pronounced, but he get yeah, there. Yeah. Like it's he's just got a very striking figure, and his whole thing is he has been hired by her dad to ruin the wedding and uh, and seduce her away from her, mm. the the husband that he, dad doesn't like. And they've been having an affair anyway, so that's he already has an in. Well, there haven't been having an affair, but she he's the ex who's like. She still got the hots for, even though she oh, knows I, better. I was under the impression that they had been sort of carrying on, and the I, idea was that she was going to get married, and that was the end of it for I was for under them. the impression that he was the hot boyfriend she hadn't quite gotten over yet. Okay. Um, either way, steamy. <laughs> uh, but after a while, Dad realizes that he could lose his daughter's love by doing this, so he just gives Hunter Jennings a check after like three episodes, and then Hunter Jennings just says, "All right, fuck it, I don't care." And goes into a boat, and then it turns well, he out he doesn't the- give him a check; he gives him a, a satchel of cash. No, no, no. He gives him like a, an envelope with money. Maybe it's cash or not, but right. it gives him an envelope, and then he gets in a boat, and it turns out it was Uncle Marty's boat, and it had all the money in it. That's right. Okay. And so he ends <laughs> up like driving off the island, yeah. and he sees, "Oh, there's a." Shit a ton of money here what yeah. the hell is that and then the boat yeah. dies and he goes to check the engine and the yeah. engine has yet another jigsaw trap with a shotgun that like flips up and blows his head off this killer has way too much time on their hands this killer is really prolific and really quick when you think mm. about like typical slasher movie like michael myers kills like less than half a dozen people in halloween mm. This guy kills, like, 22 people over the course of a weekend, and they're all different creative kills. This is a busy serial killer. 
Um, how many how many people don't die as direct actions of the killer? Because there's, okay, there's, uh, there's the one guy who shoots himself in the leg. Yep, one guy shoots himself in the leg. Mm. Um, I think that might be it. That might be the only person who randomly dies. Mm. Well, well, but one person ends up killing themselves right. to prevent the killer from having but, the satisfaction, the which killer, is very tragic. The killer but, was charging right toward her, and she, yeah, yeah, she ended up offing herself. Yeah, so the killer, it is a direct yeah. cause. Like I had this conversation once where um, mm. a lot of people talk about how Bill Paxton is the only person to have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. <laughs> okay. To which I have said, mm. no, Lance Henriksen. Because Lance Henriksen was killed by a Terminator in The Terminator. Mm. He was killed by the Alien Queen in Aliens. Hang on. And he was killed by a Predator in Alien vs. Predator. Mm. To which some people said, ah, ah, ah. Lance Henriksen wasn't killed by the Alien Queen. He was catastrophically damaged. They turned him back on in Alien 3, and it's Ripley who ends up killing him. To which I say, okay, so if a serial killer stabs you and you die at the hospital... Because you want the machine turned off because you can't enjoy your life because it gets euthanasia. I still think we're blaming the killer on that one. <laughs> also, we never confirm. He's we a, never well, confirm. Yeah. Hang on. No. We never confirm that Bill Paxton was killed by that Terminator. He's just thrown into a chain link fence. That's true. Like, he yeah. probably died because that's what Terminators do. But also, mm. Terminator doesn't care. He's just throwing that guy away. He's not here to kill that guy. He so there's no confirmation clo- that Bill that Paxton dies at all. Clothes, yeah. yeah, there's no confirmation yeah. that Bill Paxton died at all in that movie. So And Lance, Hen- Lance Henriksen uh, was also killed by a pumpkin head. So he's, he's, he's got Jack the Pot. edge. Yeah. 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 Take the, that, Paxton. It's the hat trick, as it were. <laughs> um, but uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> it's a complicated plot. And there's, a lot of, there's a lot of murders. And we're, and we're not plots. going through chronologically no. because it is one gigantic kind of story mm-hmm. arc. Um, uh, but let's, basically, let's just sort yeah. of uh, highlight some of the parts we really liked. Um, okay. Um, I like, really, really Chloe. love everything with Cal and Chloe. Because Cal and Chloe is really great. They're in their own story for a while. He's mm-hmm. on the island. He's going to ask her to marry him. And she is really wonderful. But she's also just like very vivacious. And at one point she wants to go skinny dipping with him. And he was like about to ask her to marry him. And he's like, oh, we're doing skinny dipping instead. Oh. I'll put I'll put this, uh, this ring that I had with me in my pocket. And uh-huh. then she removes... Yeah, the, she gets mad at him, and so uh, she, she because he like is mad because she like pretended she was drowning, and he's mm. like, "Hey!" and he like dunks her under the water. Mm. So she gets mad, and she throws his clothes into the ocean, and he's like, ah, "That was an incredibly expensive." <laughs> <laughs> like he's a doctor, um, but he's not a millionaire, so that was a lot of money for him. Uh, what I love about Cal is that he's really insecure. Yeah, uh, he's a handsome dude. Uh, he's just as handsome as the rest of the cast. They're mm-hmm. all just sort not of a, not in that not in that rugged look. soap opera way, but a very good looking man. Yeah, good yeah. good looking guy, but. Uh, he admits that uh, women only find him attractive because he's English and he has the accent. Yeah. So he even says out loud, I hope she doesn't meet somebody way more interesting that also a more interesting British person. Yeah. Because uh, I, you know, I'm just <laughs> that's, this, that's this, all in, got, really. this insecure guy. And he, mm. But he, he's really fond of Chloe. And yeah. I love the arc with the ring because eight episodes later, the ring will come back. Yeah. Some guy finds it and proposes to his girlfriend and they have in one quick scene they have to figure out a way to get the ring back because because cal goes to this guy and he's just like uh hey mm-hmm. i really hate to do this but uh, that is my mm-hmm. ring okay and i know you would think to yourself bullshit right mm-hmm. because what come on anyone can just say that uh-huh. but i know all of these very specific details about that ring i can tell you it's like opacity rating and anything and any uh-huh. jeweler can confirm any of this and the guy just doesn't say anything and just uh-huh. just ices him out he's like i'm not getting this <laughs> ring back am i guy just takes more drink of his beer okay and then finally he tells chloe like i was that you know that ring that they're talking about how romantic it was mm. that was the ring i was actually going to give you and yeah, she's like, like oh yeah. fuck that what, what i love is that he's upfront about it there's yeah. not this huge long episode where he can't tell her it feels yeah. really awkward. No, like he was waiting for the honest. right moment yeah. he's not going to say it until it's time we've all it's if like, you've ever I'll, asked someone to marry you you know that there are moments where you might want to and then you're just like now is not the time yeah. <laughs> um so i'm going to propose right when she comes home how so, was your date honey oh it's awful okay i'll wait yep so chloe so Chloe proves that she's a badass by just and her solution is she walks up to the guys he's dancing with his girlfriend and she's his fiance now and she was just like this is who you're cheating on me with oh I am so mad at you oh and by the way the baby is yours (laughs) and so she gets mad and throws the ring over across the room and Cal's like oh shit and and Cal and Chloe like dive for it (laughs) well in the the ensuing chaos it's a really funny scene it's a really funny scene they're very very likable Cal is not 
like a cowardly nerdy guy. He's an insecure guy who actually has a lot of redeeming qualities and indeed over the course of the series does a lot of really positive, helpful things. He saves people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chloe is also just written very, very well. And she is a young, vivacious person, but she also has depths and she has a real heart and God, I love those characters. They're just seriously <laughs> like they're two of my favorite slasher characters, regardless of medium. I just okay. love those characters very, very mm-hmm. much. And I'm sad that they ended up in the slasher movie. When was the last time you saw a slasher movie and you said to yourself, oh, it's too mm. bad that they're in a slasher movie? Yeah. Um, That's rare, man. It's that is r- rare. It's rare. Like, even when, when like, a protagonist dies in a slasher movie, I'm less moved than when uh, just sort of a warm mm. supporting character dies. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this is the kind of mm. show that, like, a couple of times when a character dies... I'm actually sad. Yeah, so that doesn't happen in a slasher very often. So Cal, Cal and Chloe will end up getting killed. Uh, Cal and, gets oh. stabbed by uh, by the killer, and we'll reveal who the killer is in a minute here. Yeah. Um, and Chloe is the one who throws herself off a cliff to avoid or a bridge yeah. to avoid getting yeah. stabbed to, to let her death be her own. Yeah. And um, it's very boy did it, it. I cried like a baby the first Aww. time I saw that because I love those characters so much. Yeah. And then the second time I didn't cry when I rewatched it, but I really got sad. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh so, that that hurts just as much as I remembered. I and, love that. And uh, the, the fun thing about Harper's Island and having a slasher film in this format, like really extended, is you're never sure when you're going to sort of winnow it down to the core characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've had a few main characters. Abby, obviously, we've been spending mm-hmm. most of our time mm-hmm. with. She seems likely to make it to the and, end. And, yeah. uh, and Henry and Trish as well. Like those, yeah. the, those characters. They seem like, like protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. Those are protagonist characters. So we assume that they're going to be left, but there's so many characters to start with. You might start to assume that you might end up with ten survivors or so. Uh huh. Nope. nope. <laughs> what, what is it? What is the final like survival count? Is it like three? Three, three, three of, of char- these characters three will of the survive. Characters survive. Three. Oh. Try to guess which three. Mm. You might be surprised by a couple, actually. Okay. Uh, can Can we give away the the twists uh, now? Uh, or? Let me just make sure. I'm trying yeah. to think here. Um. Okay, so we're going to start talking, we already talked about some people who died, mm. uh, but yeah, we're going to start really getting into the meat of it because the whodunit quality of this uh, uh, series mm. is really important and it changes like the yeah. identity of who the killer is or who we think the killer mm. is, drives the story a lot. So we're going to talk about that right now, um, and if you don't want anything more of this series ruined for you, now is the time to pause it, come back after you watch mm. Harper's Island, I think you're going to like it a lot. Okay, so we're good. Mm. All right. Spoilers ahoy. So for a while, we're thinking to ourselves, okay, so there's a copycat John Wakefield. Mm. Or it's someone who is impersonating John Wakefield in order to disguise their true intentions. Maybe they're after the millionaire's money. Maybe they're jealous of Abby and they're running to ruin everything. Mm. Or who who the fuck knows? Um, And it turns out John Wakefield is still alive. Mm. So at first you're thinking to yourself, okay, so this isn't so much of a whodunit. This is actually just, a, this is more of a slasher, like a Jason Voorhees kind of slasher, where we know who done it, mm. and the issue is who will survive. Because this guy is good. Mm. Uh, this guy is played by a Battlestar Galactica actor. Um, Tough guy McMeanface. <laughs> Callum Keith Renning. Who has a real, like they, and they... When we see him, we he's like in a big uh, like jacket. He's a big imposing guy. He does have that kind of Jason Voorhees quality, yeah, kind of grizzled look, yeah. um, but, he, but yeah. like a like a bruiser. Like he's really yeah. strong. Yeah. yeah, he he he's an actor. He's a very interesting. He's a very good actor actually. Mm. If you watch him on Battlestar Galactica, you realize he has a lot of depth. Um, but he frequently ends up being cast as tough guys in TV shows. Mm. Uh, and he's one of those character actors who's just so recognizable that earlier on, like four episodes earlier, uh-huh. when we go to like the sheriff's like attic and we see that he's been like obsessing over the Wakefield murders and we see the picture of John Wakefield and it's that guy from Battlestar Galactica and you realize, oh, he's coming back because <laughs> you're not going to bother <laughs> casting a recognizable actor if he's not going to be in a few episodes. Right. So he's alive where we're going to have extensive flashbacks or both. Turns out both. Uh, he he uh, is alive. Turns mm-hmm. out uh, they never actually found the body, but the sheriff assumed he was dead because he like fell off a cliff. Right. And just wanted to give the town closure. So he's been fudging this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has come back. He has come back for revenge. And it seems to have something to do with Abby. 
because it turns out her mom, one of the original murder victims, mm-hmm. used to date John Wakefield and may have actually had his child. So oh, she no. starts thinking that this is all about mm. her in this very Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween H2O kind of way, where like really all Michael Myers really cared about was his sister. Maybe ultimately everyone died on that island just because of her. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of interesting to see like all of the cast, even the people who were like relatively level-headed, just start seeing her as cursed. Right. And like we're just like we're just not gonna let you in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can stay out there. <laughs> people die around you. We're gonna be in here. We'll be fine. Um, so John Wayfield starts killing a bunch of people, but then we start to realize this doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And the only way he could do some of these things is if he has an accomplice. And it's it, a, it's is a, it JD? It looks like it's JD. It totally looks like it's JD. In fact, yeah. there's a few teases where like JD is in a, a car. I think it's with Trish in one scene and uh, mm. she, they're, they know the killers after them and he sort of, she falls asleep with a shotgun and he very sneakily oh, no, no, takes you're thinking it out of, Jimmy. of her hand. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy does that with, that, with, uh, with, tit, with Trish. Jimmy does that with Trish. Jimmy does uh, that with Trish. JD is is just constantly suspicious and like he's been like throwing firecrackers like off like the balcony of the hotel. Yeah. But then when they find a mutilated raccoon in the church uh-huh. and as like some kind of weird calling card, they see mm. JD's firecracker is there. Yeah. And so they assume it's him. He's such a red herring. And so indeed <laughs> once the shit starts hitting the fan and JD, who was supposed to be in prison, but somehow but he got mm. out, uh they see him on the dock. It's like, aha, he's helping the killer. He has been disemboweled <laughs> off camera in the last 60 seconds. That is not great for us. Shit. Mm. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> and the, so the, the question the, is, uh, who's, the, who's the accomplice? Who's and the so accomplice? it is still a whodunit. It turns out it's like an army of gremlins because there's... <laughs> There's no other way. Uh, this is when it gets super implausible. One mm. of, uh, I think Roger Ebert put this in his little movie glossary, the yeah. idea of the teleporting killer. Yeah. Where uh, characters are splitting up and wandering off into darkened areas alone, and the killer somehow manages to find every single one of them in turn. Yeah. And it's edited in such a way that it looks like the killer like kills somebody, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, miles on the other side of the forest next to yeah. another character. Exactly. And... Even with the explanation this show gives, which it's is not, not bad, it's not bad, but it's still not possible. So the idea to kill is, this many people in the ways he did. The idea is that several of the major buildings on Harper's Island were built during the Prohibition era, mm. and they were used for bootleggings. So there's actually a series of underground tunnels that mm. goes to different parts of the island, ah, and the, the killer old, has been using that. The old underground tunnels trick. And for worse ideas like and again it, it solves the problem of how has this guy been running around and doing all this stuff and no one has seen him mm-hmm. considering he's not only a, one of the more famous serial killers in this universe but also kind of a local celebrity in a way <laughs> like people would recognize <laughs> this guy yeah, yeah yeah um so it solves that problem it's still pretty implausible but it gets us around it mm-hmm. and indeed the tunnels end up becoming a big plot point they have to go in there they 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 make the most of it mm-hmm. I think is is uh, fair to say. But regardless, yeah, there's no way. And it's sort of like um, in the movie Scream, which I assume you've seen Scream. It's classic. It's been around for like 25 years now. Um, it's a Toby Hooper film, right? Sure. Uh, I'm just saying, we're going <laughs> to talk. I'm going to talk about the joke. ending to Scream for a second. Right. Um, the movie Scream, I remember seeing Scream for the very first time in theaters. And I remember people telling mm-hmm. me, you're not going to guess who did it. And I was just like, oh, that's a fucking challenge. I can't wait. So, <laughs> so now you're looking for the some, I'm trying to figure it is, out. Yeah. Because, because there was no guarantee it's one of those slasher movies where it's a good murder mystery. Right. It could just be one of those ones where, oh, it turns out it was Steve. Eh, who gives a shit? Like, no. It's, or the, they, you know right away. Oh, it's... Or, it's, or yeah. Jason Voorhees or whatever. De- like, definitely Joe Spinell. You know, yeah, whatever. But like, yeah, no. I was told this is a good whodunit and you're not going to guess it. And I'm like, okay. So what I'm paying attention to over the course of the movie is who is where and when. And by the time the climax has come around, I'm actually not 100... I have theories, but I'm actually not 100% sure because there is no character who is completely unaccounted for at the time of all the murders. <laughs> and when they reveal it in that movie that there were two killers, I'm like, oh, that's fucking good. Yeah, you, that, well done. It's almost like they're not playing fair. I've done that with the movie Clue. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trying to figure out who's supposed like, to be where, yeah. Uh, there are... Um, Rather famously, and this is not a spoiler, there are three endings to Clue. Yeah. Where uh, different people are perpetrators of the murder each time. Yeah. Oh, one sec. We have someone knocking at the door. And we're back. That was a delivery of soap stuff. Hello, soap stuff. That's your new hobby. Well, uh, Michelle's Mm -hmm. actually new 
uh, new passion, and I'm really getting swept up in it too. It's really cool. But I digress. You were talking about Clue. Uh, Clue, yeah. Uh, just there were three different endings, and they wrote it in such a way that if if you did that same thing that you were doing with Scream, mm. trying yeah. to keep track of all where all the characters are at any mm. given moment. All three endings work. That's awesome. That's uh, really impressive, actually. Like, th- there's even a scene where, like, all of the characters are crowded around a door, and, like, f- for a minute you realize, wait a minute, Miss Scarlet isn't in that group. And then she, like, slides into frame and shouts, oh. where is he? It's like, ah, oh, clever. Nice like, a, she was off screen. Okay, so you, all, you set this all up. They thought it out. Um, Harper's if you've Island. Ever, real fast, if you've ever yeah. seen, if you've seen Scream and you want to rewatch it, try rewatching it and try to really focus on the killers. Every single thing that they say has a double meaning. Yes. And try to keep track of where they are and who is killing who. Mm. Because it tracks. Mm. It really does. It's really, really smart. I digress. You were saying? Mm. Uh, just, I, I was about to say that I think Harper's Island, while not as like clean and as tight as uh, Scream or Certainly. Clue, because it's not a feature film. It's yeah. 13 hours long. So it yeah. has to be by necessity a little bit more sprawling and a little bit looser. Uh, at least is thinking along those same lines. Yeah. It is trying to to have a geography for all of the characters, so it's at least plausible for you to start figuring out who certain suspects might be. And I think the geography of the island is pretty clearly laid out. You see maps a lot of the time. Yeah, you revisit yeah. various locations over I, and it, over again. It, it, you see the locations. I don't think it's quite good at like spatial continuity. Like you half and the, half. The, it's yeah. real, it's real, that's a really hard thing to pull off. But yeah. like sometimes you can figure out how to explore a space once you see it in a movie or on a TV show. Right. Uh, Harper's Island doesn't quite do that right. It's hard it's to like, do you that know with a slasher the, because yeah. you want audiences to be surprised about well, where yeah. the killer could be, that also, kind of there, thing. Also, there's a lot of scenes that are out in the woods, and that's supposed to be this sort of amorphous spot. Yeah. Um, the, there's a there's a pet cemetery that... Well, it's a real cemetery, but it looks like a pet cemetery. Yeah. It's this really kind of rinky-dink rundown cemetery. John Wakefield is buried just outside of the cemetery. Because they didn't want him be. buried in hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how. that's how... It's weird they let him be buried at all, honestly. Yeah. Like I would just like just cremate him and throw him to the fucking ocean. Why are we why are we putting a tombstone for this guy? Or it's, it's a fishing guy. village. Just throw him in the water yeah. and start catching the fish. Nice. <laughs> that makes that that's too much respect for ah. John Wakefield. Um but uh, but yeah, so people start getting picked off one by one hmm. and uh two by two. And in one of every episode by this is fun. Every hmm. episode is named after an onomatopoeia for how the person dies in that episode. Uh, splat, squish, crunch. Yeah. Chop, whatever it is. Episode, I think it's six, mm. uh, has three. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be a big one. Because this mm. is like, like, thwack, sizzle, and spurt. And you're just like, oh, God, that's going to be a big one. Let's see. Uh, the episode titles. Oh, whap, crackle, uh, kablam. <laughs> that's what was my nickname in yeah. college. Uh, bang, thwack, sploosh. These are all Don Martin sound effects. That's yeah. all I could think of was Don Martin from Mad Magazine. Uh, episode seven was Thrax Splat Sizzle. Nice. All three at once. Uh, number eight was Gurgle. <laughs> number nine was Seep, which isn't a sound effect. Eh. Like, you wouldn't see Batman hitting a guy's jaw and having the screen fill with Seep. Well, that's when something just sort of oozes. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, t- snap, Splash, Gasp, and the last episode, Sigh. Yeah, yeah. all those track. Yeah. Um, it's really, really clever. Yeah. But yeah, so over the course of the series, you realize that, mm-hmm. okay... Uh, there's actually like a whole episode where they're mm. trying to make you think that the sheriff did it, like he's gone mad, and mm. um, the killer is using the sheriff's vehicle, mm. and he's like put on his jacket, which is really just there for the camera. There's no good reason why he'd do that. Uh-huh. Um, but then it turns out that the sheriff has actually been kidnapped by him, and he dies real bad, like another saw trap. Uh-huh. Um, but um, yeah, so we have to figure out who the accomplice is, and... For a while, they really want you to think it's mm. Jimmy. Because Jimmy has a grudge against Abby because she left him so hard. Jimmy actually she has left a, him, She left him hard. She left him real bad. Uh. Uh, he has a criminal record and was even accused of murder once. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe it's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He's been acting a little sus. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the big reveal... And this is the one you said you 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 picked up on. Oh, no, the first reveal I didn't pick up on. Oh, that's the first reveal. Yeah, the first reveal that John Wakefield is still alive. That's the one you didn't. That's think the was one good. I didn't think. Was, I, oh, I okay. thought it was actually a, a different because there was a scene earlier on where they exhumed John Wakefield's grave. And yeah, there was a skeleton in it, and I thought, oh well, that puts that to rest, as it were. And yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, I thought that he actually was dead, and somebody else was like using the ammo of the killer to get at somebody, yeah. which which made sense to me given yeah. the, the tone of the show. That John Wakefield was still alive, um, 
it almost seemed like a cheap shot. It's like, well, this is this big whodunit. We don't know who it is. And it turns out it's exactly who you were mm-hmm. kept on saying it was. That's not much of a twist, is it? Yeah. And so that John Wakefield was still alive. It's like, I, I didn't guess that. It seemed like it was too obvious. Right. And so indeed, the, the double mm-hmm. twist is that he had an accomplice and you guessed who the accomplice was. I guessed who the accomplice was. In fact, he's the one I suspected from the beginning. Interesting. So it mm-hmm. turns out uh, at right when John Wakefield has actually been apprehended mm-hmm. and they put him in the jail, there's only like five people left on the island at this point. Mm-hmm. But they put John Wakefield in jail and mm-hmm. they've called the Coast Guard, but there's like a storm and they can't get there for a few hours. And so we're all just waiting for this whole thing to resolve. And that is when Henry suddenly kills his fiance. Uh, I expected the fiance to live. I'll ah. say that. I, I, I like Trish. I think Trish is a complex character. Um, she like has something to live for. And I think yeah. the betrayal uh, you know, would have sort of galvanized her a little bit. I didn't expect her to actually die. And she dies like at, right at the end of the second to last episode. Yeah, and then yeah. he kills her like right in the middle of the woods and then he looks up at John Wakefield, who happens to be standing there, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hey, Dad." Oh, and like, oh no! shit! Okay, so it turns out Abby wasn't his daughter. Abby is his son's half sister, and that's why she's still important because she's still kind of family. Yeah. And also, dude, uh, mm-hmm. Henry really, really likes her. Henry really, really likes her. <laughs> Henry really. Really mm-hmm. likes her, and it turns out that yeah, even though Abby wasn't the motivation for John Wakefield, she mm-hmm. was the motivation for Henry because he's been doing all of this mm-hmm. to try to get her back on the island, remove every single other person from both of their lives, so that they can live idyllically in uh-huh. peace alone together. And we just won't mention that we're half siblings. We'll just—he <laughs> literally just says, "No one needs to know that," <laughs> and yeah, she's it, naturally shocked and horrified mm-hmm. by this whole fucking thing. And and uh, we see this kind of idyllic uh, flashback, which I f- wish they had given us earlier in the series yeah. about his motivation. Yeah. Uh, maybe they, it, maybe it, they thought it was tipping their hand too early. Maybe so, but it, it, it kind of only exists. To it feels like motivation. they're rewriting a lot as we go, however, mm-hmm. by showing it so late in the proceedings. And yeah. the, the last episode is uh, pretty much everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves in the, the big climax of the series where it's just Abby and Henry alone in a cabin together mm-hmm. where his, his wish has finally come true and she has to find a way to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, Th- this was after they set a church on fire oh yeah, and huge hit a bunch of other bodies and eight people it were killed. Blew up once, a pier. And, uh, like yeah. it's really just fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it works. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really damn good. Uh, I mean, his motivation is bullshit, but you know, mm-hmm. he's a serial killer. All their motivations are bullshit. <laughs> I, I, There's I, no good motivation yeah. for being a serial killer. No, it's not. Like they're, they're, There's maybe more understandable than others, but that's still not a good reason. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, yeah, he turns out to be quite mad. I found out when I was doing some research on this show that um, with two exceptions, mm. uh, none of the characters knew they were going to die until they started filming their last episode. No, that's that's a good way to direct. I think yeah. Yeah. you don't want people to like you know foreshadow anything. Mm. Um, so Richard Berge was only under contract for five episodes, so he knew. Okay. Uh, and Harry Hamlin only lasted one episode, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that I didn't find out uh, that people didn't know mm. was uh, the dude who played Henry, uh-huh. Henry Did- von Henry Stein, uh-huh. Christopher Gorham. He didn't know he was the killer until episode eight. Oh, wow, okay. They did not tell him he was the killer until the series was over halfway done, which is an interesting approach. And if you rewatch it, which I hadn't rewatched it, mm. um, but now that I knew this, you can see a bit of a shift in his performance in the second half of the series, where at first he's, you know, he's acting, obviously, but mm. like he's, you know, a genial guy. He doesn't like his father-in-law, but a lot of people don't like their in-laws. Mm. Like, he's a pretty good dude. But like... By episode eight, the shit has already hit the fan. People are still dying. And by mm-hmm. around episode eight, Henry starts getting a little bit more tough and a little bit more <laughs> eager to resort to violence yeah, yeah. and a little bit more domineering in terms of how what he wants done and like how in charge he is in any given situation about who will run out and get help and who right. will stay in here 
safely and then you know wake up with pinking shears in their pinking shears when like pruning pinking shears shear. in their <laughs> in their back in their back yeah nobody's killed with pinking shears in the show not well that would have been season two wouldn't it i guess so uh harper's island is a self-contained slasher movie hmm. in series form it was initially pitched as a miniseries. However, there were plans to do other seasons. Mm. And if it had gone on to other seasons, they would have followed different characters or different types of horror genres. And at the time, people were like, that's a terrible idea. No one would watch that. Mm. Two years later, a little show called American Horror Story comes out with the exact same basic idea where yeah. every season is a different horror show or a different uh, horror movie. Mm. And everyone's like, wow, what a great idea. We love this. And I'm sitting here like, are you fucking... C come on! I can only imagine the makers of Harper's Island were mm -hmm. like, what the... Come on! And I like some of American Horror Story. I'm not I'm not being mad at American Horror Story. And a good idea is a good idea. And it's yeah, a general yeah. idea. So I'm not super mad at it. Mm -hmm. But it does kind of suck that this was only like a couple of years ahead of its time. Like, seriously, uh, it was, like, two years ahead of its time. J yeah, just, well, I think American Horror Story was on cable. So I think uh, on cable, I, for some reason, people are a little bit more willing to try out uh, more daring formats. Yeah. Uh, Harper's Island was a, a network show. Mm -hmm. It's pretty brutal for a network show, though. It's There, there is a lot of on-screen blood. Ordinarily, yeah. they try to shy away from the violence. This one has a, a lot of pretty good violence. And if it. you've seen American Horror Story, it's not the most violent thing ever. It's still basic yeah. cable. There's only it's, so much they can do. It is sexy and it is crass. They try to right. throw in a lot of cussing and, and some uh, actual sexuality. Into in American it. Horror Story. Anyway, that is American yeah. Horror Story. Yeah. This is the, ne the network version of sex and a little more violence than you this, might expect. This is a PG-13 slasher movie with soft R-rated kills. PG-13 kill. Well, yeah. a little, maybe a little more blood than you. I suspect but, yeah. the MPAA would consider giving this an R rating just because of the tone of it. Yeah. Like, these aren't, like, fun murders. Like, no, these are actually pretty brittle and messed up, and people mm. will feel, like, bad. So yeah, my, uh, they, this would get an R, I think. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I really appreciate this daring format. Uh, if they had continued... I'm not. Do you know anything about the plans moving forward? Would it have don't. been the surviving characters in a new scenario, or would it have been an entirely new cast of characters in an entirely new situation? I actually don't. I haven't seen. And if it's uh, called Harper's Island, surely now you're married to the place. So well, it's, they they might have changed yeah. that, but um, who can say? Really, I, I actually don't know that. Uh, I remember reading interviews at the time. Mm. Uh, and it was they were no specifics were given, but the implication mm. is they would have done other things. There's actually an implication in this show, and I think this might be something that they could build on later. Mm. That the supernatural might be real because there's a psychic who's actually mm. really spot on. That's true. They, they yeah. there's like a tarot reader yeah, as part a, of the bachelorette party. Yeah, there's a psychic who is who is hired uh, uh, for the bachelorette mm. party, and indeed uh, Trisha's sister Shay. Uh, who survives the series along with her young daughter, Madison. And apparently mm -hmm. they were the only two characters who the writers of the show thought were safe. Because <laughs> okay. it's a network show, we're not killing a nine-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And it's equally fucked up to leave that kid without any parents. So her mother <laughs> and, and Madison, only two characters who were never seriously considered for murder. Yeah, I guess, I guess yeah. right. we said only three characters live. Yeah. But... Other, we forgot about them. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, who lives? It's, it's Abby, it's Jimmy... Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. And those two, and and I guess I guess Henry does die by the end. Yeah, Henry's, Henry's quite dead at the end. So four, four yeah. people died. We were wrong, um, but um, but in, in any case, so they hire this uh, psychic for the uh, mm. bachelorette party, and she is spot on. And mm. when Abby is there, she like reads her aura mm. and realizes that she's got this horrible past and everything like that, and she's trying to tell her to get off of the island, mm. and I suspect mm. that actually having that definitive and approach to the supernatural implies that maybe in the second season it would maybe take place in the same world as Harper's Island and maybe there'd be like references and one or two recurring characters but maybe it would have gone off in another direction and would have actually made it had a supernatural bent for season two all right you know like they, they so, left the door open I was about to say that that's a that's a dumb idea but I've seen worse it's they left mm. the door open mm. that's all I'm saying maybe they would have maybe they wouldn't mm. have done that but that's the only indication I see mm. here that implies that maybe there's room to okay. expand on something because that's the only door they leave open really. yeah I guess so yeah um 
I like to think that if because it's called Harper's Island, somebody's going to go back to that island. We're going to yep. learn more about John Wakefield, but it's going to be an entirely new cast of characters. The the memory of John Wakefield and the events of the first season will be referenced because mm-hmm. it's a big deal. It couldn't possibly not be. Yeah, it's bound to be in the news. But uh, we're going to finally be operating completely free from connection to the past. It's yeah. going to be entirely new characters, uh, new killers with new motivations who are just using essentially the the haunted nature of the place to perpetrate more murders. Maybe. And, you know, year three, who would go back to that island? What a foolish thing. Oh, no, another murderer. Well, you could have also, you could have also combined our two ideas where, Mm -hmm. okay, there's more murders on the island, but the psychic is on the island, and maybe the psychic is convinced that the ghost of John Wakefield is behind it, but maybe that's Mm -hmm. a red herring. Yeah. You know, like you could have, or maybe it isn't. And maybe mm-hmm. the, the, an actual serial killer is the red herring for the supernatural plot, which could be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Harper's Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a great binge. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, because every season would have been self-contained. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely could have lasted a hundred episodes or whatever they would get yeah. based on, uh, more, more contemporary shows aren't necessarily guaranteed to get 100 episodes, but it would get like seven seasons. It gets 70 episodes or something. Right. Um, but I'm going to call it right now. Definitely canceled too soon. Yeah. I love the show. I'm a little torn because it, it closes off so well. Yeah. I'm not really sure if a second season could work. Uh, again, it would have to be from uh, Entirely New Cloth. But I said at the beginning of this episode that I liked the concept more than I liked the characters. Okay. I think some of the characters are a little too stock characters, which they have to be because it's a slasher. Sure. But there's also a way to make those stock characters a lot more interesting. And I feel like Harper's Island didn't do quite enough heavy lifting in terms of character. It was a little too plot driven. Um, Only a few characters last long enough. My my counter argument is only a few characters last long enough to have any sort of character development at all. Well, but there's a way to like, you know, casting and subtle little lines of dialogue and Maybe. character choices that could have given them a lot more texture, even in a brief amount of I'm, time. I'm not going to fight that too hard. Mm. That's, I, mm. I, I think it's one of those, sometimes there are flaws in a narrative that are baked into the premise. Yeah. yeah. And then it might've might been a little inescapable. So, um, but now that all those characters are dead <laughs> and you still have this neat concept. Sure. I'd love to see a second season. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I think I, I agree. I think it was canceled too soon. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Mm. Um, and again, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're still with us and you haven't seen it yet, mm. uh, it holds up on a rewatch. Yeah. Like you don't, if you know the twists and everything like that, still an engaging, solid, this would be a good mm. Halloween binge. I think it would enjoy it a lot. Mm. We have one more episode of Scary Tober coming because it is uh, a Patreon episode. It was voted on by our patrons. Mm. Uh, it is the 1960s Roll Doll horror anthology way out mm-hmm. 1961 that show came out yeah well imagine um, the twilight zone if it were spiteful Ooh, i haven't started it's watching Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl yeah. is very famously uh just an utter misanthrope yeah uh i haven't actually started mm. watching yet but it's a short series mm. and i'm gonna try to binge it all tonight and tomorrow we're gonna yeah. try to get this out maybe even before the end of the halloween weekend but certainly first thing next week yeah. that will be done then we're gonna do the adventures of briscoe county jr and then we were going to do, in November, Suddenly Last Season, which is our annual event where we look at the various shows that were canceled the previous year. Right. Uh, we're taking a bit of a hard right turn, and we will mm. get to Suddenly Last Season probably in December. But remember how, for many, many years, we called UPN the failingest network in TV history? <laughs> well, guess what? We have a new champion! <laughs> <laughs> Something that lost even more money in, a like, a... Record time. In a, it would be lost a, a billion dollars in less than a year. In a twentieth time, it lost two billion dollars. Oh shit! Really? I didn't two even know. billion in six months. Wow. Now, granted, fate was stacked against Quibi. Mm. It was a, the whole point. It was supposed to be TV on the go because you're out and about and you're socializing yeah, you're, and you're, you only have like ten minutes at a yeah, time. You're, you're waiting in line. Yeah. You're you're in line. You're waiting yeah. for your table to be yeah. ready at a restaurant. You know, so you in public and crowds yeah. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, 2020 had other plans for that. And all of a sudden, everyone was stuck inside wanting long-form content. And Quibi just got screwed out of it. Now, yeah. Quibi is a complicated topic. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of bad things with Quibi. Mm. But there are also a lot of people who worked really, really hard on TV shows on Quibi. And yeah, they, while it is still available, and it's only available for a couple more weeks, we wanted to highlight some of those shows. Because after Quibi is gone, there is no guarantee any of those shows will ever be distributed again. 
at all. Yeah, no, because they were designed for that medium. They were designed for the medium. Some of them were produced by other studios, like mm-hmm. Paramount had deals with Quibi and Dark Dark Skies Entertainment. I think had uh, uh, deals with Quibi, so mm-hmm. they might show up. But there's been no word. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee. Yeah, uh, it is. It was meant to be consumed quickly. So yeah, we're gonna try to get as through as many as we can. Yeah, we're gonna try to do at least three or four yeah. uh, before the end of November, and then in December. We're going to do suddenly last mm. season. So that's the plan. Now we know we're mm. all on the same page. Thank you, everybody, once again. So yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show, whether you simply subscribing, uh, wherever you subscribe to your podcasts, mm. or uh, prefer- if you leave us a review, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That really, really helps us find new viewers or listeners, I guess. We don't do video mm. yet. Um, uh, but a very special thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. Uh, without your support, Whitney and I couldn't be making any podcasts, let alone mm. the dozen podcasts that were, or actually more, that we're trying to make constantly. And yeah, the schedule gets a little shifty sometimes, mm. but we're trying to put out as much stuff as we humanly can. And uh, well, you know. Sometimes we're we're more pleased with our output than others. Yeah, we're we're, we're that's trying. A good we, way to put that. We we wanted to put all the horror stuff into October. We came so close. <laughs> we came so close. Twenty twenty has been a shit year for everybody, and I really hope everybody is keeping it together. We we are terribly grateful to you. Whether you're simply listening to our show and supporting it that way, or whether you're a patron, we're incredibly incredibly appreciative of you. And thank you so much for sticking in there. You know, sticking with it. We're gonna write. We're gonna get to the end of this year. <laughs> we're gonna do it, okay? Mm. We're gonna get, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna hope that twenty twenty one isn't worse. So everybody, don't forget to vote. It is not too late to vote. Vote, yeah. Vote, super vote, yeah, yeah. Vote if, if you, you haven't have to. yet. If you haven't yeah. yet, and, and Dro- seriously, drop it off at one of those drop boxes. Don't use the mail at this point. No, it's way too close. Well, it's, it's so close, mm. and the Supreme Court is saying that some states aren't allowed yeah. to count ballots that arrive the day after the election, but some are. So. Mm. That sucks. So if you can, either drop it off in person or if you feel safe doing so, go to a polling place. Do what mm. you got to do. This is a really important election, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So vote. We're, mm. That's our whole message of the episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next uh, next time. Hopefully very, very soon. Only in yeah. a couple of days with Way Out. And that's a wrap. Oh, we're on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at, at Critic Acclaim, I'm Matt William Bibiani. I'm Matt Whitney Seibold. And we got all the exclusive content at Patreon.com. Yeah. That's Critic Acclaim Network. I've done all the business. That is a wrap. We'll see you next season.